Welcome again to our podcast. I am your host, Frank Walker of Frank Walker Law, where we talk about all things related to criminal defense and personal injury in Pittsburgh, state of Pennsylvania, western Pennsylvania. We're going to talk about all those legal issues and hopefully answer some questions that you may have. Now, this is in no way a replacement for actual legal advice. This is not legal advice to you. These are just legal tips. This is some things I've seen in my practice and things I think you should know. So if you're ever in need of an attorney, you can call our office or call someone who understands the issue, particular issue you are facing. Now, today we're going to talk about the issue of driving under the influence. Now, let's start from the beginning. A lot of times people think driving under an influence, DUI, drunk driving, just talks about alcohol. Mainly, yes, you're correct. It does. But it also talks about driving under the influence of other things. Marijuana, any other narcotic. It can be pills that you are not taking as prescribed. It can be you're driving under the influence of a sleep aid. Or you're driving under the influence of medication that you are taking as prescribed, but it clearly says on there that you're not supposed to be driving or operating heavy machinery. Here is a Free tip for you, a car, an automobile, a truck is heavy machinery. So please don't think that, oh, it doesn't, it talks about tractors and things like that. No, an automobile is heavy machinery. Please don't do that. Follow those instructions to the T. So what happens in a DUI? You are leaving a bar, you're leaving, you're leaving a location, it's a long weekend, you've had a long week, you had a couple of drinks and you get off and I hear the same story every single time. I was almost home, number one. I was feeling okay. And that's the other one. Oh, guess how many drinks I had? Two. Everyone only has two drinks. Everyone who sits in my office, they only had two drinks. Well, two drinks in most occasions is enough. Two drinks in one hour. And you had two drinks prior to that and two drinks at home. All that comes into play when you're talking about a DUI. Here's a great rule of thumb. If you're going out and you're thinking you're going to drink that night, before you go out, please have a plan about how you're going to get home, whether it's an Uber, whether it's a Lyft, whether it's a designated driver. I know that's I'm old school. I'm showing my age there. Designated drivers was a huge deal back when I was growing up. Now it's just, you know, you click on an app and a car comes and picks you up. So please, if you have a thought about going out and drinking, please make a plan ahead of time. Don't think you can start drinking and then all of a sudden make a determination of you, you had too much to drink and you're going to go home. You're not going to be thinking clearly at that point. Let's put it that way. So you get into a DUI, you get stopped, you get pulled over. License registration, please. They're going to ask, you know, why I stopped you. It's going to be speeding. You were some type of traffic infraction. You're going to a school zone. You were going to a construction zone or you were just weaving off the fog line or across the line or you're falling too closely or you're driving too slow sometimes. And they're going to look at you and they're going to name three things. Odor of alcohol emanating from your person, unsteady gait, bloodshot eyes. Those are the things that are going to name in every single police report. Now, they're going to ask you to do some field sobriety tests. They're going to ask you to step out the car, perform these field sobriety tests. They're, you're going to do one of the couple things. They're going to wave a pen in front of your face or put the pen straight and ask you to follow it as it goes from left to right to study what they call nystagmus in your eyes. They're also going to have you do a one-leg stand. They're also going to have you do a walk and turn. They may have you count backwards. They may have you have it hold your arms out and touch your nose. All different types of sobriety tests. Now, if you go out, get out the car and you say, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. They may look at it as, oh, it's a refusal. Or they may say, well, let's go and take your blood test. Let's go to the hospital and take your blood test. If you say no, thinking I got them. I I've looked on YouTube. All these videos are telling me don't do don't give any blood, refuse everything, refuse the breathalyzer, refuse everything. They can't have any evidence against me for a DUI. Well, guess what they're going to do? They're going to charge you. 
They're going to say they're going to name the big three and they're going to say based on officer experience, I note that they were they were driving under the influence and unable to safely operate a vehicle. Now, what does that mean for your driver's license? That's what you really don't understand or what the YouTube videos and all these other gurus are not telling you. In Pennsylvania, if you refuse, as of right now, it may change later on when you watch this years down the road. But as of right now, if you refuse a breathalyzer or you refuse a blood test, you're automatically subject to a one-year suspension on top of whatever suspension you get for the DUI. Now, you may be in a position where you are injured or you have a disability or you're unable to perform some tests. I'm actually, right before filming this podcast, I'm representing someone who has a DUI and I'm looking at the body cam and dash cam video and the person clearly said, I have a problem with my foot or I have surgery on my ankle. I've had surgery on my ankle or I've just had surgery on my knee or I've had hip replacement or whatever. When we're talking about the walk and turn or the one-legged stand. Now, full disclosure, I went to many DUI seminars where officers are, they're actually giving us an example, an illustration of how they do the test and how to perform the test. And there'll be some attorneys that always say, well, why don't you show us how to do the one-legged? Why don't you show us how to do the walk and turn? And there's all types of tricks of the trade of what they really look for. Really what they're looking for is if you pay attention. Now, if you do pay attention, they will ask you, do you have anything that we need to know about of concern, meaning an injury, a prior injury or a current injury? If you do, they will keep that in consideration as you're performing the walk and turn or as you're performing the test. Now, if it's something that it's evident that it has nothing to do with that injury, let's say you have a, I don't know, you had tennis elbow and you're doing the walk and turn. I seriously doubt that's going to play into that. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I seriously doubt it's going to play into it. But you might want to mention it, that I've had this surgery or I've had ear surgery. It impacts my balance when we're talking about standing on one leg or, or pointing to my nose or counting backwards. All these things you want to put on the record. And if you see a small box on the officer's chest or on their pocket, that is the body cam. Speak directly into that body cam. Make sure you are speaking clearly. Make sure you are enunciating every single word. Slow down while you're speaking with them. It's, gonna, it's very intimidating. You're on the side of the road. It's probably at night. It may be windy. It may be cold. Say all those things. I'm cold. It, it's, you know, I'm kind of tired. I just got off work. Or my ankle it has been hurt, it has been bothering me. I've been playing basketball the last couple of days, and I twisted my ankle. Make sure all those things are known clearly. Maybe even ask them, hey, did you, did you hear what I was saying about my ankle? Make sure you understand that. Cool. Be polite, but make sure it's clear and firm that they know that you have an injury and you've said it and stated it clearly. You can't say it down the road, oh, I had an injury that day, and they didn't know about it. Well, they didn't know about it. They're not going to take that into consideration when to determine whether or not you passed or failed your test, or you got a 1 out of 1 to 10, or a 9 out of 1 to 10. If there's anything you need the officer to know, let them know right then and there. They can either consider it, or they can also consider it and maybe say, well, I'll have you do another test to determine whether or not you are able to safely operate a vehicle. So let's say you get a general impairment DUI, and it comes with a 30-day license suspension, but you do a refusal. Now you have one year and 30 days of a license suspension. You may end up getting just simple probation for your, your license, or you may end up getting what they call ARD, Accelerated Rehabilitative Disposition. It's a deferral program for first-time offenders. Let's say you get that and you get the DUI wiped off your criminal record. It's a great day. But the very next day, within a couple, couple days, you're going to get a big, thick envelope from PennDOT, and they're going to say, your license will be suspended for one year because you refused chemical testing. And you're thinking to yourself, isn't that like double jeopardy? They're charging me twice? No. 
there are two separate, I guess, schools of thought. So let's just look at it this way. On one side, it's the criminal side where you can go to jail or you can get probation or you can get house arrest. That's the criminal side. On the other side, it's the administrative side. That's the, where they suspend your license. And those two people don't talk to each other. So if you get your license suspended and you, but let's do it the other way around. Let's say you get probation and you go home thinking you're a free man, free woman, everything's great. You had the best attorney in the world, but then you get that envelope and you lose your license. You're probably going to still be upset because you didn't know you're going to lose your license. You didn't know that refusal was going to be a, a one year suspension. And one year means one year. It's not, oh, I can sneak and drive around the corner and do this. No, one year is one year. Sometimes you may be able to get a what they call a bread and butter license where you can go to work, but that's not guaranteed. It's not. Don't risk it. If you're ever in a position where you may have been drinking and you feel like you're not okay and you forgot to do the Uber, do the Lyft, do the designated driver, and you're driving, you get arrested, don't refuse. Follow the instructions. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Your job is to get home safely that night. Call someone like me or someone who does, call me, call my office directly, someone who does DUI defense so they can fight about your case later on. It may be how they stopped you. It may be it wasn't on dash cam or body cam or something else was on there that they didn't put in their report. There are different ways you can defend against a DUI. But if you refuse or you start arguing with the officer, a simple DUI as if it is simple, a, a, a routine, if you will, DUI can turn into obstruction of justice. It can turn into obstruction of an officer, aggravated assault, simply because you thought you knew what you were doing and you start arguing with the officer and both of you having a bad day and you're not going to win that. No one has won a DUI at 2 a.m. on the side of the road in Pittsburgh, really in the United States. But I'm just talking about Pittsburgh. No one's going to win that argument. They haven't won it yet, and I don't see it winning anytime soon. Don't think you're going to be the first one. Call an attorney. Give us a call, 412-532-6805. Visit us online at frankwalkerlaw.com. But please don't think you can walk through this yourself, even after you watch this. If the one thing you get from watching this video or listening to this podcast is you need a DUI attorney who can walk you through this process. Now, first-time offense, most people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You made a bad mistake. Second offense, a routine and subsequent third offenses, now you start getting into possible felony. Because now you've proven that you are not amenable to treatment. You're not getting it, if you will. You've been before this judge over and over and over again. And they're looking at you like, well, wait a minute. I just had you two years ago. Then I had you a year ago. And now here you are again. What is it going to take to get through your head that you can't drive drunk? Now, I am an attorney by trade. I defend. I also represent people who are injured in DUI accidents. However, I also drive on the road. So I don't want you on the road driving drunk, just as you don't want me drop, riding on the road driving drunk. So please don't put yourself in harm's way and don't put other people in harm's way by making bad decisions and driving drunk. If you do find yourself in that unlikely position, please contact an attorney who understands what you're going through and what you're going to be facing down the road. As always, thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh DUI podcast. I am serving as your host, Frank Walker. Any questions, give us a call, 412-532-6805. Or visit us online at frankwalkerlaw.com.